0: Chapter Five of the Browns at Mount Hermon by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five, Farmer Brown. On the morning of her second day of travel, there came to occupy the seat beside her a fragile woman with a sweet face that at once awakened interest. She dropped into her place with a little sigh of relief. It is a comfort to me to find a seat with a lady, she explained. The cars are crowded this morning, and I am so unaccustomed to taking care of myself that I am almost a coward alone. It makes a woman timid to be always cared for, don't you think?" Miss Brown smiled on her, and admitted that it must be very pleasant to travel with those whose right and pleasure it was to take care of one. "'Yes, indeed,' the lady said. She was almost sure to have husband or son along. "'My son,' she added, "'has taken care of his mother ever since he could talk. But I am separated from him now for the first time. It is a critical time in a mother's life when her boy goes to college.' Miss Brown smiled again, still sympathetically, as she owned she had always supposed that the critical time was for the son. The mother laughed. "'Yes,' she said, "'that is true. I feel it for him, of course. We both do, his father more than I, I think. It is harder for fathers to trust their boys than it is for mothers. I wonder if that is because they understand the world better than we women do. I find I have the utmost confidence in my Kendall's ultimate future, even though the intermediate steps are not all that we could wish. You are right in calling it a critical time in a boy's life.' At home Kendall never gave us an hour's uneasiness. I beg your pardon for beginning to talk about him. It is a foolish way we mothers have. Still, I do not often mention him to a stranger. I could not help having a fancy as soon as I looked at you that you were a good friend to the boys. Truly good, I mean. Don't you think that is about as important work as young women can find to do—to be true friends to boys away from home?" Mary Brown was strangely moved. When a girl of twenty she had had a boy brother to whom she had been good. He had gone away from her like all the others of her family, and her voice had trembled as she said, "'I am sure of it. I had a dear brother once, and I know.' "'And he is gone? Dear friend, forgive me.' "'It is five years since he died,' Miss Brown said, amazed at herself for her lack of self-control before this stranger. She knew that her eyes had filled with tears, and some explanation seemed necessary. "'I am all alone in the world,' she said tremulously, "'and I am sometimes very lonely. "'Poor child!' It was the mother tone, soft and tender. Then a delicately gloved hand was laid on her arm. I'll tell you, dear, it is given to you, perhaps, to help other young brothers. They need the impress of a good woman's friendship upon their lives. All boys need it, and sensitive, highly organized, manly boys full of life and fun need it most of all. If I were a young woman I would try hard to help them to an intimate friendship with the Lord Christ. They are lonely, too, these boys away from home and often homesick. It is what leads them into all kinds of follies, misnamed fun. If they had a special friend always with them, one who was superior to folly and whose respect they coveted, think how it would shield them. And Christian girls could help them to realize that the man Jesus would be just such a friend. If our Kendall could only be led to feel that, his father would be at ease about him." Then came the conductor and a conversation about tickets and changes and connections. When he had passed, the lady laid that delicate hand on Miss Brown's arm again my dear strange things happen in this world of ours we call them chance but the older we grow and the more intimately we know our father the more sure we are that nothing ever chances do you know i had a feeling from the first moment of seeing you that you were to be one of the influences to touch my boy's life i don't know how but god does when you gave the conductor your ticket i saw the name and you are going to within a few miles of carmen college where my boy is if you meet him i know you will be good to him his name is browning kendall browning This next station is mine good-bye dear god bless you in a moment with a bright little smile and a parting bow she was gone leaving mary brown with the feeling that she had met and parted from a dear friend leaving her also with a new and grave sense of responsibility when she stepped a few hours later from the platform of the train and looked about her at the station indicated on her ticket it was with a vivid remembrance that she was now to become a new person in every sense of the word She was to enter upon an untried life and assume duties that were utterly strange to her, but her interest in the experiment had by no means waned. On the contrary, she courted rather than shrank from the new experiences. First she must give herself to the business of finding Mrs. Harriet Roberts. "'Mrs. Roberts,' repeated an elderly man, who seemed to be standing about for the purpose of giving information, "'oh, she is up on the hill where the meetings are. You going up on the hill? They mostly do, but it's pretty all around here.' the latter part of this sentence was evidently called forth by the look on the young woman's face as her beauty-loving eyes caught glimpses of wooded hill and deep ravine and winding river and flashed her appreciation of them is that mount herman she asked indicating a peak that glowed in the sunlight well it's all mount herman ma'am all about here that's the name the new folks gave it they've got a fine place and no mistake Four hundred acres of as pretty country as can be found in the state. "'And if you are acquainted with the state of California, you know that is saying a good deal. "'The beauty of this place is the water. "'Spring water, ma'am, everywhere. four of the finest springs to be found anywhere, "'and that which of a Zianti River acts as though it was alive. "'I never saw the beat of the way it scurries around.' "'Miss Brown laughed amusedly. "'You make a very good advertising agent,' she said pleasantly. "'And you certainly seem to have a good subject. "'It looks very lovely everywhere.' "'The man echoed her laugh well i ain't employed to advertise it he said good-naturedly and i don't own a foot of land about here and don't expect to though i should like mighty well to buy a lot for my little girl while they're cheap it stands to reason that they won't stay so long but i know a good thing when i see it and i can't help admiring the folks that have taken hold here and liking the thing they are trying to do i live back here a ways on a little farm i've lived there all my life and i've seen lots of tourists and things about here admiring the beauty and drinking the water and all that but i never see one of them who cared to take any trouble to do things for other folks till these came along and you think these are really doing it for other folks? Looks like it, ma'am. I've looked on a good deal since this thing begun, and I drive over here to the meetings every chance I can get, and I don't know what other motive they could have for the things they are doing. And whether that's the object or not, they are doing it all right. I've got a lot of help from it already, and so is my wife and my little girl. I've got an extra good little girl, Libby. Her name is Libby Brown. I'm going to bring her over to the meetings all I can. You're waiting for a carriage out to Mrs. Roberts's place, I suppose? It will be along pretty soon, I reckon. They're late this morning things are new here you know and they ain't as they will be in another year or two there's the rig now coming round the curve it's a mighty nice fellow who's driving it his name is brown too but he isn't any relation of mine he is one of mrs roberts's boarders the historian paused to gaze meditatively at his audience and mildly wonder what he had said to call forth such an outburst of laughter in truth mary brown felt almost hysterical over this rapid increase of the brown family she tried to check her mirth lest the feelings of the kind old farmer might be hurt but he was continuing his introductions "'I don't know as he is exactly a boarder either. I guess he is paying his way doing work. They do that kind of thing a good deal here. Students, you know. It's a great place for students. You see, it ain't a regular camp meeting at all, though there are meetings enough, and grand ones too. But they study a good deal, and have Bible classes, and other kinds of classes, and everything is up to date and scholarly. I heard Dr. Weldon say myself that there were as scholarly a set of men as we have in the country, up here at work at Mount Hermon, and he is the president of Carman College.' This Mr. Brown ain't a student, though. He is a carpenter. I thought he came out here to get work, but he stayed right on after he found that he would have to wait a while. There will be lots of work for carpenters when the meetings close, but they don't allow hammering and sawing and things of that kind much now, for fear of disturbing the meetings. I guess he is going to wait and get a chance at some of the new houses that will go up this fall. He shows good sense, too, for there's a lot of them. So I guess he is part paying his way by working and going to the meetings between times. He looks like a real four-handed man, too, and I don't quite make him out. But then a thrifty man might have ways of spending his money that he liked better than paying his board with it when he could earn it as well as not i see him working round mrs Roberts' sometimes when i go there and i guess she is mighty glad to have him help is terrible scarce about here anyhow whatever he is he is a grand good man and folks like him first-rate hello mr brown you were late this morning the train has been gone as much as ten minutes the young man thus addressed brought his horses around the curve with skillful hand and alighted before he made answer late am i i told jonas that we should be he was late with the horses Have you seen any passengers waiting for me, Mr. Brown?" The passenger thought that he surveyed her with a doubtful, not to say disappointed, air. "'Only one,' he said, looking up and down the road. That is very trying. We were expecting a Miss Brown at our house this morning." "'Miss Brown, eh? Relation of yours, Mr. Brown? Not your wife now?' "'No, my wife didn't come this summer, but I am very sorry that the young woman didn't. She is needed. Hurst?' Raising his voice and addressing the station agent. When is the next through-train from the south due? The passenger we are looking for comes through from Circleville.' Thus reinforced the waiting passenger decided to speak. "'I am from Circleville, and I am expected at Mrs. Roberts's today. The driver turned and surveyed her in evident bewilderment. "'I beg your pardon. You were expected, did you say? Your name is not—' "'My name is Mary Brown,' she said with dignity. Can you take my trunk?' "'I beg your pardon,' said the driver again, but he did not say for what. Instead he gave businesslike attention to the neat trunk containing the new wardrobe and in an incredibly short space of time they were making excellent speed around the valley road toward the mountain drive. The farmer, left to himself and speechless with surprise, gazed after them in silence until the winding road led them out of sight. Then he found his voice again. "'I'll be swamped if she ain't another Brown. What a lot of us, and how mighty different we all are!' The drive was a pleasant one. Miss Brown, after due consideration, decided not to be too dignified. Had she not the old gentleman's word for it that this was a grand good man? Besides, wasn't his name Brown, and wouldn't he have to be included among the guests when she made that house-party at Euston Square? She had nearly laughed over the thought of what an acquisition the old farmer would be to the house-party, but she remembered in time. A certain amount of dignity was indispensable for Mrs. Roberts's maid. Perhaps she ought not to converse with this man at all, being a maid. She felt that she was not posted as to the rules of etiquette governing the conduct of a housemaid with a carpenter. Still, he ought to know. And he began it, she assured herself with a little inward laugh. His manner was entirely respectful and at the same time friendly. He pointed out objects of interest along the way and told her just what she wanted to know. That is the trail to the Sulphur Springs—it is a charming walk on a warm day, winds about in the most romantic fashion possible, and brings up at last in a charming spot for a picnic. And the spring, is it really Sulphur? Very much so. If you are not absolutely sure of it before tasting you will have no need to question after the first mouthful. Most people are very fond of it, but my tastes do not happen to lie in that direction. Look yonder at the view we get. This is typical California scenery all about here, but the views that spring themselves upon us as we round the curves are what one by no means finds every day." Miss Brown was gazing at the trees. "'What are those lovely, graceful ones, sprinkled in among the others?' she asked. "'The young lithe ones, with tender leaves and a look of having been freshly made for us. I know the redwoods simply from reading of them, but these are new.' "'They are the Madrones,' he said, giving her a look under the cover of her absorption, that expressed surprise as well as curiosity this was not the way in which he had supposed that mrs roberts's maid would express herself they are favorite trees here he said and the management proposes to guard them carefully from vandal hands and let them grow in their own wild beauty without too much cultivation they have a regularly organized board of forestry one object of which i fancy is to keep down any rising tendencies toward the artificial madam nature may safely be trusted here at least to manage her own affairs he was trying to draw her out but mary brown had already remembered the supposed proprieties The Madrones had caught her off guard for a moment, but they should not, again, let them wave their graceful branches ever so luringly.